Markets took a dip this week. We're going to find out why. This is The Markets. Hi, I'm Sam Grobart. Today I'm joined by Paula Hendrickson, who works in our interest rate product sales team here at Goldman Sachs. Paula, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Sam. Paula, U.S. and European stocks had a few days of declines this week, and that's being attributed to a rise in interest rates. Ten-year treasuries have been around their highest since 2007. What are we seeing out there? What catalyzed the moves in the last few days was we had the Fed meeting, and against market expectations, the Fed decreased the number of cuts that they had penciled in for next year. And they also had uh, the year-end rate for next year above the level of neutral um, that they had penciled in. And what does all of this say about the outlook for economic growth in the U.S.? So I think the Fed move last week reflected the fact that the U.S. economy has held in extremely well in the face of higher front-end rates. We have had a soft landing. Um, Inflation has started to come down, and it didn't take a significant downturn in the economy or in the labor market to achieve that. You know, the economy has been very resilient. Consumer spending has stayed pretty strong. Higher rates, if they're led by real yields, if they're led by growth, I think that can be a healthy thing. If higher rates are coming from higher inflation and growth is not doing as well, I think that would be more concerning. Now, the speed of the sell-off is something that should be paid attention to, and financial conditions are tightening as intermediate rates are a component of FCI. FCI Gener- meaning the Financial Conditions The Financial index. Conditions yep. Index. So if it happens very quickly, it's if it's disorderly, the Fed will be concerned about that from a financial stability perspective. But if it is orderly and it's being driven by growth and not inflation, then I don't think it's something that we need to be too worried about. Ten-year yields are at their highest in more than a decade. Do you think that interest rates could even have higher to go? Are we finally at the peak? I think that what's interesting is not only our 10-year rates at recent highs versus where we've been in the last couple years, but also the front end has priced in significantly more. We now have positive risk premium in one-year rates, for example, versus the negative risk premium that we've had priced in for the past couple years. Rates are certainly looking more attractive across the curve. I think one thing that we are keeping mind of, though, and one thing that has led to the velocity of the sell-off is that In fixed income markets right now, you have a different supply-demand dynamic that you had in years past. So, What what is that demand? I'm curious. So two years ago, you had the Fed was clearly a a large buyer of treasury and mortgage-backed securities as part of their quantitative easing program. And you also had, with the expectation that rates were going to be low and that markets were going to be supported by the Fed, you had other buyer bases that were very confident to be investing in rate product, for example, Overseas banks, overseas central banks, domestic banks had a lot of deposit inflows, and so that found its way into the treasury market. The asset manager community had very large positions and were comfortable being long fixed income. The hedge fund community, believing that rates were going to be low for a long time, felt comfortable being long. 
And now the dynamic is very different because you have the Fed that is in the middle of their quantitative tightening program. So they are no longer present. And if anything, it's working in the other direction right now. And you've had all of these other buyer bases that have had to reduce their fixed income holdings over the last year. And we're still seeing position reductions from various cohorts of the rates universe. And so the question is, at what point does the fixed income universe feel a little bit more balanced from a positioning perspective. That's one thing. But then also, when do you expect a catalyst to lower rates from a Fed policy perspective? And, you know, in our view, that probably doesn't come into play until you actually start to see slower growth. And we really haven't seen that yet. A little earlier, you were talking about the international component to all of this. I want to stay on that for a quick second. Are rates higher in other big economies as well? Or is this just a U.S. thing? So we, we definitely have seen a global phenomenon of, you know, um, fixed income sell-off. And that's been as, you know, central banks globally have had to combat inflation. I think that what really kind of catalyzed the move in the recent months has been the fact that the BOJ is also participating with the other central banks in a policy that is less dovish and more hawkish than they'd been historically. You know, that has definitely played a key role. I wouldn't say that's played a key role in the last week's worth of price action, but it has certainly been a factor over the past few months. And we, with JGB yields at 70 basis points and the central bank there behind the curve, to a degree, we think that the bear market in that space will continue as well. I thought it was interesting earlier when you said that we've had a soft landing. That's different than maybe some people who think that a soft landing is still in the offing. So you're saying it's already happened. Well, you know, it's funny. We've been assuming that it's been the turn of the cycle since January. So I guess I'm still assuming that the cycle is turning and that this has been a soft landing. Now, the jury is still out on that. You know, maybe we haven't landed yet. Well, does, I was going to ask you, does this week lend any possibility to the idea that we haven't? Does it create any sort of doubt about that soft landing prognosis? I think what's going to be complicated, particularly with the shutdown, is the fact that while the government is shut down, we won't have economic data releases. You know, there will probably be a few weeks, maybe a month, where we don't know what the state of the employment landscape looks like, where we don't know what CPI is going to be, where we don't know what retail sales is going to be. And markets do not like uncertainty. Markets feel very uncertain right now, just generally, given how volatile it's been. And so I expect that in that environment, volatility will stay high. That could feed into consumer confidence. It definitely is something that I think will impact sentiment in the short run, but I'm not sure that it's going to have major economic implications beyond that. Paula, thank you so much. Thank you very much. Great to be here. That does it for another episode of The Markets. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. I'm Sam Grobart. Thanks so much for listening. The opinions and views expressed in this program are not necessarily the opinions of Goldman Sachs or its affiliates. This program should not be copied or published without the express written consent of Goldman Sachs. Each brand mentioned in this program is the property of the company to which it relates and is not used to imply any ownership or license rights. Goldman Sachs is not providing any financial, economic, legal, investment, accounting, or tax advice through this program. Neither Goldman Sachs nor any of its affiliates make any representation or warranty as to the accuracy or completeness of any information contained in this program. Our theme music was composed by Soundboard.